When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Hello. Meaty burger. <laughs> meaty burger? Meaty burger. Hello, I'm a meaty burger. <laughs> That's the only phrase, two words we're able to say in an actual New Zealand accent. Or nor, I'm a kiwi. Or nor, or nor, meaty burger. <laughs> no, you have to make your mouth tinier. Meaty burger, meaty burger, meaty burger. <laughs> oh, let's Monica, go, let's, let's go down the bitin. I'm like doing this with my fingers <laughs> to like make the ac- the accent happen. To, to get it out of your body. To get, it, to get it out of my body. Monica's moving her Pulsing hands and like a, she has both of her hands up face t- moving towards me like a crab almost. <laughs> and her, she only has her two, her index and her middle finger out. So like she's making a peace sign, but then she's like, like <laughs> waving the peace sign back and forth. Like she's clawing with both fingers. Minty booger. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> We're, we'll post a we'll post a on Instagram, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So apparently that's helping 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 Monica helping summon her accent, <laughs> which is not even helping really at all. Not at all. How are you, Monica? I'm doing well. It is eight nineteen p.m. on Tuesday, June twenty second. The skies are nice and clear. <laughs> we had a high of ninety one degrees today in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> and we will be landing in about. <laughs> Thank you for flying American Airlines. Thank you for flying Daddy Airlines. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. How are you, Jessica? I'm fine. I got my eyebrows done today. That was I know, exciting. I, I see them. I know. You were like, you got them microbladed, and I was like, how dare you? I don't know anything about eyebrows. I got them tinted and laminated, so they look a little dark right now. But tomorrow When are they gonna faded. look lighter? Tomorrow when I wash my face. But I can't get them wet for 24 hours. Oh, that's 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 a ban- that's a ripe banana. I know that's not. Good. And I really hate not washing my face at night. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't I don't <laughs> think I can really go a night without washing my I face. Usually I usually wash weird. like the bottom half of my face, which is the half that I am more concerned about. Oh, anyway. really? Yeah. Why? Because I get like ba- I get like hormonal acne. Oh, on the jaw. On the jawline. On the jaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. For the listener, if you don't know anything about face, yeah, I would suggest looking up chart to figure out what goes on with face, so that you know face. Yes, so to see what goes on with face, because on chart they have what goes on with face, and you can read chart and make sure that the different areas of face gets treated correctly using chart. Who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy i guess since we've been doing that voice for so long we should tell people who we're talking about yeah it's not thing. an australian uh no because she said kiwi i said kiwi which means new zealand new zealander and who is the best new zealander who's of them literally all? the only famous new zealander that's who's not the true best but the most new zealander famous one of them all the one the only Takawati coming around, giving your face, serving your fingers, serving your lace, getting the whole people all excited for his movies, including the ones that make billions of dollars and the ones that make one dollar. The end. <laughs> wow. Taika. Tell us about him, Monica. I will. Taika, David, Cohen. That was unexpected. I know. Known professionally <laughs> as Taika Waititi. Wait, where did his last name come from? I oh, don't you're going to tell me. I'll tell you. <laughs> Is a New Zealand film and television director, producer, screenwriter, actor, and comedian. <laughs> 
He is the recipient of an Academy Award, a BAFTA Award, and a Grammy Award, and has been nominated for two, not one, not three, but two, Primetime <laughs> Emmy Awards. <laughs> His feature films, Boy and Hunt for the Wilder People, have each been the top grossing New Zealand films. Wow. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, back at home. He made the most money of any New Zealander making films out there. In New Zealand. In all of New Zealand. <laughs> YTT incorporates his Maori heritage into most of his wee projects in Seek Us Ways Men. He is also a thruple apologist, <laughs> having been spotted surfing tongues. That's with, disgusting. With British singer and r Rita Ora <laughs> and Boston Core Pasadena's inaugural Juliet Tessa Thompson. <laughs> Did he apologize, though? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a thruple apologist sounds better than like thruple participant. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's a New Zealand stan, a cutie kitten, and the actual daddy of two children. Two Kiwis. Two young Kiwis. Wow. 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 <laughs> Welcome to New Zealand. There are so many sheep here. There are so many sheep. <laughs> I, we have Lord. We have, you know, Lord the singer. We'll never be royals. Royals. <laughs> Everyone having fun. I have blood on my bathroom. Royals. The tigers come out. That song. <laughs> and then they have Taika Waititi. And, <laughs> and they that's have it. And then no, then then they have the, the leader. The leader of New Zealand. The, yeah. the women. The the president of New Zealand. Right. She's she was great during the whole pandemic thing. Yeah. Uh, and then they have Hobbiton, and I think that like you think that's it in terms I think of that, what's like, famous in New Zealand. I mean, I think that's like that. That's what covers covers it. <laughs> I mean, I've I've never been to fucking New Zealand. I don't know. I don't know what's like hot that, and happening. I think that's clear for about both of us. I don't know what's. Ho- I mean, if you're a New Zealander and I've offended you, I'm really sorry. I'm I trying. Think to, they're probably just laughing at us. I'm trying to give praise to the mighty country of New Zealand. Yeah, I understand, but it's not coming out well. It's okay. We'll. It'll come out through this, through this episode. Oh yeah, you'll you'll hear the constant praise of all of the New Zealand landscapes happening. Correct, up in correct. Here. So the first movie, <laughs> you have to say this in a New Zealand accent. The first movie is Eagle versus Shark. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I saw that fight. <laughs> came out in two thousand seven. Written and directed by Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. Lily, played by Lauren Horsley, terrible last name, a socially awkward fast food waitress meets Jared, played by the one and only Jermaine Clement, an equally oddball video game clerk at a costume party. She flips over him, even though he is not exactly the nicest guy around. That's an understatement. And the pair begin a strange relationship. Gearing up for his ultimate revenge against a high school bully, Jared dumps Lily, but she digs her heels in and refuses to give up the fight. Wow. Eagle vs. Shark. Eagle vs. Shark. Eagle vs. Shark. <laughs> eagle vs. Shark. Eagle vs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> there's a lot going on there's in this film. Too, some might say there's too much going on Yeah, in this I would film. say that that's part of what I would say about this movie is that's that there's too much going on. 100% what I would say about this movie. Just right off the bat. Yeah. It's definitely one where you have to be tuned into a very specific style of comedy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can fall extremely flat for you. Yeah, or uh, just be like conf- really confusing. <laughs> like so weird. Um, yeah, it's like Napoleon Dynamite times 10. It's like, I wrote like, it's very Napoleon Dynamite, not not quite Wes Anderson and not yeah. quite either. <laughs> it's like- too quirky yeah and also not quirky enough like in the right ways yeah and it's funny but only if you're dialed into that kind of like kooky comedy yeah yeah you know i totally agree i do think that like i was on board at least for like the first 30 minutes oh yeah i was like this is fucking hilarious yeah (laughs) because it just like opens with her talking in the mirror like Mm -hmm. pretending to uh, like 
what is she pretending to do? Like break up with somebody or like be someone's girlfriend? Yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. like that. She's like, she's essentially like, she's in, an introvert practicing how to like engage yes. in a social situation. It is it honestly it's entirely it imaginary. Is. Yeah. And then she's in her fucking fast food place, which is called Matey Burger. Matey Burger. <laughs> and that's where she sees Jermaine rocking the babiest of baby bangs. Yeah. And <laughs> Jermaine Clement. <laughs> is so good so good so good i'm gonna stop i can't do this anymore (laughs) he's literally incredible you can see his acting chops shine through even through the kind of clunky screenplay yeah and the clunky dialogue and his comedic timing is absolutely impeccable. He's like this, he's the star. Yeah, it really is kind of like a long form flight of the Concords in, in really a way. Is. But like without the final like laugh at the end yeah, to lighten it up. There is no final laugh at the like end. Like this movie, that's that's the thing that I have a problem with about this movie is that like it is, it's like death by cute and quirkiness because mm-hmm. they keep making these horrible jokes that you think will be like, will eventually have some redemption and then they never do. And then you're just kind of sad. Yeah. You're kind of like, it's kind of, you're just edged out, mm-hmm. edged out of the whole thing. Um, yeah. I, th- you know, for our audience, this is Taika's like first big feature film. Yeah. It was commissioned by the New Zealand film people to get and They gave him money and they said, here you go, make us a film. And he did. <laughs> um, and he came out with Eagle vs. Shark and in a lot of ways, this this succeeds as a rom-com mm-hmm. because it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also like abs- like fails astronomically as yeah. a rom-com <laughs> because it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like this, you're on this like, t- the way that I felt while watching this movie is you're on this tightrope and if you lean too far left or too far right, you're off. Like you're on the ground, your neck is broken, your second toe is broken, like the whole thing. Um, And I think a lot of it is like, a lot of it for me has to do with the fact that Jared as a character is very hateable and not very redeeming. And he's also someone that we have all known. And he is someone that we have all known. (laughs) But like with, like he's almost too pathetic. Yeah. He's almost too mean. He's almost too much of a dick. And he's Mm -hmm. almost too geeky. Like- there are lines that cannot be crossed in order for you to be on board with a hateable character. But unfortunately for Jared, he does not have my, he does not have like my fate, like a good likability factor going. For no, him. the whole time you're going like Lily, please dump this please ass. Look elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> But she's just like, so pleased to have a man's attention because yeah. she, literally inserted herself into his life literally wouldn't go so, away so the way that they sort of like their meet cute is he, <laughs> all that happens is she works at a restaurant and at he Meaty goes Bega. at meaty Bega, and he works <laughs> at the video store that's like down the ways yeah. in like this mall or this like sh- i don't know what they call it in new zealand a shopping center um <laughs> and they meet that way and she's immediately like infatuated by him and mm-hmm. he's like the most gorgeous thing she's ever seen with his baby bangs and his like big ass glasses and his big trouty mouth <laughs> I know, and his trouty mouth <laughs> and she's like oh yeah like what a gorgeous babe um and she gives him free fries and she gives him free fries and as like as a way to like win over yeah. his affections is like, I'm going to bribe you with my meaty burger. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, and, <laughs> and the, you know, the environment is ripe yeah. for her to, <laughs> for her to clean. <laughs> the environment, the environment is ripe for her to cling on to this like other meaty burger <laughs> because she's like ostracized by her workmates, right. by her coworkers. Um, and he's a bit of a geek. He's kind of like, he doesn't really have a lot going for him in terms of like swagger or charisma, right. but he does sort of have, has this like to use a word uh-huh. that comes to mind because of Lord, he uh-huh. has this, bravado about him oh okay it's like very forward and like 
I'm pretending to be someone better than I actually am. Yeah. Uh, like, like a peacock. Yeah, almost. He's he, like, he, he peacocks. He peacocks, but like, he's like peacocking the fact that he's not like anybody else, but he's like proud that he's not like anybody else in really uncool ways. And yeah. he's like, I know it's uncool, but <laughs> look at me anyway. Yeah. So, so kind of like setting it all up. He invites, like he gives, he doesn't invite Lily. He gives Lily an invitation to a party to give to her hotter coworker (laughs) who is not her. Yeah. (laughs) So this sort of meet cute starts out in this like really like upside down way Mm -hmm. that is not in favor of them getting together at all. No. You as the audience member are like, so he wanted the hotter coworker mm-hmm. and that's why he stuck around not because of Lily not because of like our protagonist Lily because of her hotter coworker yeah now what now what do we do what do we do Taika what the fuck's gonna happen tell us well and it's just like it's like layers and layers of such awkward fucking humor mm-hmm. and it is funny like that is something that taika does well like i'm not saying that this movie isn't funny it's fucking hilarious for oh absolutely wh- i would say like 75 percent of it is really funny until you get to the last quarter and you are just kind of sad and then it's like dep- depressing <laughs> and then you're like oh my god exactly because like so she gets this invitation and then she goes to give it to the coworker, but she was like can you take me with you to the party and the coworker's like no <laughs> and so she just takes the invitation and then takes her brother and they go together because, to the party because and this is an important fact to know yeah. her brother drives yes her brother she drives. does not and neither does karen <laughs> and the party is everyone has to dress up as their favorite animal hence eagle versus shark right because she's the shack yeah and he's the eagle. He's the eagle. And they're both dressed as a shark and an eagle. Yeah. And then and then there's where we have our title. Exactly. There's eagle, the title. Eagle versus shark. So um, why it's not shark versus eagle, I'll never know. Email um, power. <laughs> because she does kind of win. Well, does she win in the end? I don't think she wins in the end. I don't think anyone wins in the end. It's kind of sad. I think they both kind of lose. Yeah, sadly. they both really lose. Um, <laughs> my biggest problem with Lily and Jared's relationship is mm-hmm. that they are they are too awkward and too socially unaware for their own good. Yes. And so they are unable to express in the correct ways what they actually feel and what they actually want and yeah. instead skip around it. Well, I don't like, even think they I don't even think they can identify that they're feeling a certain way. Oh, absolutely not. Like Lily's just kind of going with the fact that a guy slept it's with her like, cuz that's yeah. what happened. It's not that like Jared explicitly likes her. It's that they had sex. Yeah, <laughs> they like had sex the at the most party. awkward sex in the world. Yeah, which props to Taika Waititi for filming the most awkward sex scene in yeah. the history of mankind. Yeah, because sex like that does happen. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> which, by the way, if it's happening to you that way, stop. Yeah, go. Is he a Jared? <laughs> is he? A, ask yourself. Is he a Jared? <laughs> Call 888. <laughs> Just call us. Here's my cell. <laughs> Hit me up. We'll get rid of him for you. We'll exterminate him. We will exterminate the Jareds of the world. 100%. Yeah. But we all know them. And the problem with Jared is he's like, I want a girl who's not like other girls. Mm-hmm. And so when Lily impresses him with this, like, honestly, Mortal Kombat knockoff game. Yeah. And and her, and her fighter name is the dangerous person. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get on board with this girl. She's yeah. not like other girls. Yeah, she beats everyone, but then she loses on purpose to him. Yeah, exactly. Which he's like, all right, she can beat everyone but me. Yeah, that's Fuck right. Yeah. Time to bang. Time to bang at this party. <laughs> and it's just, and then from there they start a relationship, and sort mm-hmm. of as as you as you the audience member go through their relationship, they are figuring it out at the exact same time as you. Um, this is a very linear story. Um, yeah. And you sort of find out, <laughs> you sort of find out that like Jared was bullied in school by this one bully, <laughs> which proves to be incredibly important for the end of the movie. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> because this bully is like his main guy. And 
essentially the plan, like his his main life goal, his purpose in life, Jared's yeah. purpose in life is to find his bully and beat the living shit out of him. Yeah, but the problem is that the bully has uh, lived in uh, Samoa. <laughs> Not Samoa, everyone. <laughs> this entire time, and he's just now getting back. And so yeah. Jared's like, okay, I have to get back to my hometown. Which is why the driving of the brother comes in because he takes them to Jared's home. He literally asks Lily, his new girlfriend <laughs> of and, like a day and her brother <laughs> to drive him to this to his hometown to beat up his old bully. Yeah. Yeah. And then hilarity ensues. But actually <laughs> sad, sad, hilarity. sad hilarity ensues, to be quite frank. Yeah. Um, um I I do think like, I don't want to just, I don't want it to seem like we're just shitting all over this movie because I do like aspects of it. And when you're examining it in turn, like against the rest of Taika's filmography, I think it reveals a lot of interesting things about like the origins of his style, of his style and a lot of themes that he brings up. Like the epitome of his writing and directing style is making like an atmosphere so uncomfortable that you can't help but laugh and find like lightness in tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he's trying to do this entire time. <laughs> but then like he succeeds in some moments, but at the end of the day, none of these characters are redeemable in any way. Like even Lily, who technically like she hasn't done anything wrong, but she's just like, refuses to advocate for yourself so eventually you just kind of get tired of it and you're just like okay fucking fine yeah and be with him <laughs> and she's also an enabler yeah exactly and when an enabler meets an enably it's really difficult to get on board with that relationship yeah, it's really really hard however to sort of keep on the positivity train for yes. eagle versus shark i do admire one of the themes that sort of like snakes its way through all of taika's films mm -hmm. which is like the outsider inside yeah so like the oddball that then finds a home mm -hmm. in another person or like people in general yeah um and i think he does that really really well even in a movie like this even yes. in this very early film of his like he managed to do that really really well with not just like lily and jared but like lily's brother and like all mm -hmm. of the other characters in this film are all kind of oddballs and like very strange people and like for lack of a better word like geeky yeah, um, and just kind of fucking weird yeah and like <laughs> just kind of fucking weird and not and like not again not redeemable in any right. real way but the fact that they like find community in each other is quite is is a success point of this film is the sheer fact that they were able to find each other and that taika is able to write and direct a film where you think to yourself like well there's someone out there for everyone eh <laughs> like yeah and then on top of that jared like doesn't even fit in with his with like no. the misfits around him no, no, no. because they've kind of banded together as misfits but then he's even farther outside of that circle because nobody fucking likes him. no because he's <laughs> literally the worst yeah so on the one hand it's like yeah there's there's a tribe i guess out there for any everybody but also if you're an absolutely awful person, you're not going to fucking fit in anywhere. It's Sorry. not going to work for you. So, I mean, a lot of it has to do with like community and like ostracizing and oddballism mm -hmm. and like whimsical wee twee things. <laughs> whimsical wee twee. Uh, whimsical wee twee and like quirkiness. <laughs> and I think, you know, he was just trying so hard to make it Napoleon Dynamite. And it just didn't happen. Yeah, in the style of Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, he was trying so hard to make it Napoleon Dynamite in the style of Wes Anderson, but not even close to Wes Anderson. Yeah, and it didn't quite hit. But I, what I love about it is that I saw the beginning yes. of his own style. Yes, it which is like is, a very distinct point which, of view, which is so distinct and so like you can't think of the. You can only think of Taika Waititi doing this, mm -hmm. and you see like the the first little baby glimpses of what is going to end up being hunt for the wilder people boy uh honestly thor ragnarok, thor ragnarok. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh jojo rabbit which is we'll get into that but it's a very divisive film <laughs> it really is it really is <laughs> people be hating people be hating we'll get into that yeah but 
That's Eagle vs. Shaq. That it is. I do think it's worth your time. It's a nice short little movie. I it's entertaining. It's just kind of like bleak. I would I would I would advocate for watching it alone. Yeah. I think if you watch it with friends, you'll sort of like you'll sort of like look over at them and be like, Are you also laughing at this? Is this yeah. funny to you also? <laughs> like I is am, should I be laughing at it? Like yeah. I think you have to do it outside of a social situation. You just have to like sit alone, maybe you get a little stoned, <laughs> and you watch this movie and I think that will be a rewarding experience. I for totally you. agree. I, I really think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So Monica, what is the second film? Second film is Hunt for the Wilder People. It came out in 2016, written and directed by was 2016 the height of Tumblr or was it 2014? I I would argue it might have even been earlier. At 2013, 2012? Uh, I we were in like 7th grade. It was like 0708. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah. when was the height of Twee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say between like 07 to 2010 that's a really distinct tumblr years years. yeah Yeah, those are some meaty burgers (laughs) meaty burgers uh okay (laughs) it came out in 2016 which apparently is not the ripest year for tumblr it's okay (laughs) (laughs) written and directed by taika waititi based on the book wild pork and watercress by barry crump Bella, played by rima tewiata sorry if i butchered your name girl and hector played by sam neill Two reclusive country folk become foster parents to a rebellious child from the city (laughs) named Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. Played by the one and only Julian Dennison. I love this fucking kid. This motherfucker. (laughs) After some adjustment, things go reasonably well. However, the death of Bella means Hector now has to look after Ricky and they didn't get along too well. Moreover, her death causes child services to decide to send Ricky back to the orphanage. Ricky refuses to go back and runs away, ultimately sparking a national fucking manhunt for him and Hector. <laughs> Hector. Uh, I, I, okay, right off the bat, I love how much Taika Waititi loves funny children. Yes. There's a funny child in all three of these movies. In Eagle vs. Shark, he like specifically changed the role because so we didn't tell you, Jared had a secret child. Yeah. But he didn't tell him <laughs> It was supposed to be a boy. And then he like they saw he saw this little like girl mm-hmm. and she was hilarious. So he rewrote the role for her and she was fucking she was so fucking funny. In that she was movie. arguably one of the best parts. I'm sad that we didn't talk exactly. about it. <laughs> and then this fucking kid in Hunt for the Wilder People is just he's so fucking good. Julian Dennison oh is God. a fucking revelation. Can I recommend going to go see, or not going to go because it's on Netflix and right. it's an old film. It's, uh, I'm sorry. It's the Christmas Chronicles 2. Oh my God. He's in that? Yes. He, <laughs> he plays the bad elf. What? <laughs> and he's, and he has his New Zealand accent. I was just about to say, is he from New Zealand? In oh, that too? 100%. Oh my God. So go check out the Christmas Chronicles 2 starring Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, <laughs> And Julian Dennison. <laughs> uh, and obviously there are amazing children in Jojo Rabbit. That's a given. But that's an obvious yeah. given. So Tyga, he fucking loves funny kids. And I love that. And Julian Dennison is the funniest kid of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I love about this movie is it sort of like requires you to immediately thrust yourself into the world of like rural New Zealand. Yes. So it doesn't matter sort of like where you're from or who you are or like what knowledge of New Zealand you have. It's essentially like the brush of New Zealand Mm -hmm. is where the majority of this movie takes place. And then sort of in the beginning and towards the end of the movie, it takes place at their home yeah uh, on like a sheep ranch or yeah. some kind of like animal ranch something in the middle of like the new zealand ruralness in of, the bush in like the bush of new zealand <laughs> so you know little backstory on ricky baker <laughs> Uh, he's a bad egg. They he's a bad literally, egg. they literally go out of their way to say that he's a bad fucking egg yep. um and it's phenomenal to sort of see this version of a bad egg mm-hmm. of like this kid he's he doesn't do drugs and he doesn't drink and like he doesn't like 
I mean, he does vandalize things, but he doesn't like, he doesn't do it because he's mad. Yeah. He does it because he's deeply sad. Yes. Like, <laughs> and that's what drives most of his wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. Most of his bad eggings, if you will. His <laughs> deviled eggings. His bad egginess. Yeah. <laughs> his rotten egginess. Oh. His deviled egginess. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're entirely right. It's all driven by like his childhood trauma essentially and so the way that he starts trusting these people is because they just kind of like let him do his own thing it reminded me a lot of how they tell you to train cats oh yeah because (laughs) like like if your cat is just fucking meowing nonstop, you're not supposed to address them you're just supposed to let it happen and then they'll like self-soothe and figure it out and eventually feel safe and stop doing it in theory my cat hasn't gotten that message but anyway oh my god Ricky Baker is a lot like that because his whole thing is like he keeps trying to run away at night and then the mom what's her name Bella yeah yeah she's just like he'll come back the night or she'll go find him or like he won't run away one night and she'll just be like do you think you're gonna stay here tonight and he's like maybe and she's like okay that's fine yeah (laughs) A, a large part of this movie sort of like centers around the need for acceptance yeah Um, And acceptance shows up in a lot of interesting and deep ways in a lot of um, Taika Waititi's films, but most especially, I think, in Hunt for the Wilder People, Um, because it's sort of like this this starfish that is (laughs) that is Ricky Baker trying to like attach and like suction himself to something that like matters to him not something that's just there but something Mm -hmm. that matters to him and so the problem with ricky baker is that every time he does attach himself to something it goes away immediately yes um and so a lot of what a lot of what taika sets up in this movie is like things for ricky to attach himself to a dog named tupac Tupac. (laughs) you know ricky's a best friend my best friend Tupac. No, well, who's Tupac? Ricky. Well, he's uh, um, he's just this like really cool rapper who's like he's my best friend. He's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like kind of my best friend. Uh, so uh, like you know this dog, right? This yeah. dog Tupac and Bella, who is a truly wonderful foster parent. Yeah, that fucking song she sings on his birthday. Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker once rejected, now accepted. <laughs> Ricky Baker, Ricky Baker, once rejected, now accepted. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and so he's sort of like this starfish suctions himself to Bella. Yeah. And Heck, who is Hector, who is like this reluctant kind of like, what what do you call he's him? He's surly. Like? He's very surly. <laughs> He's very surly. He's very like of the world. Yeah. Like of the, he's a man of the earth. Of the land, you know? Of the land of New Zealand. And he's very like reluctant to accept Ricky as like a part of his life, but he just is. And, but Ricky really wants to attach himself to this man because Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, you are the only thing in my life basically. Yeah. And I don't want to be alone. So we're going to do this together. Yeah. It's that or go back to the orphanage, AKA go back to, he would have to go back to like juvie essentially because he's been kicked out of so many homes already because he's such a rotten egg. Exactly. Such a deviled egg. So moral of the story is there's like this unique type of, there's this unique situation where Ricky is trying to be accepted while at the same time acting like he doesn't need anyone. Mm-hmm. And he is his own person. He's his own man, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it's just him, Tupac, and Hector. And they essentially go on this fucking like wild manhunt goose chase of trying to get away from the cops. Yes. They're trying to run through the bush. They're and it's over to- the course of like a year. Yeah. They like, <laughs> we're talking like, you know, a, a, a style of like, like Taika uses like a montage of, of different news clippings and like mm-hmm. news articles to show you the passage of time and to like yeah. tell you that, there's yes they are in fact and indeed still hunting for this child and this man yeah and it's told in chapters too yeah and it's told in these beautiful chapters which i think is just like an homage to the book itself Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think that it's it sort of gives us this like slice of life of this kid but then like fucking explodes it in this like un like 
in this insane and like zany way. Yeah, I think it is in a better example of what of the style that we were talking about coming out in Eagle versus Shark of like his whole thing where he juxtaposes pain with humor. And I think a lot of people look at his work because this is what they did with Jojo Rabbit. And they're like, well, you're just making light of something shitty. Like you're not dealing with the emotions. You're not acknowledging like the depth or the brevity, et cetera. But in fact, like that's what we do in real life. Like people don't just, I mean, some people do, but a lot of people experience sadness and happiness, you know, like within seconds of each other. And that's what's happening in this movie. And they use humor to deal with a lot of it, to like find the light in the dark. And I think it's really, really beautiful in this film, especially because it's, it's through the lens of like this boy bonding with this man and them both learning about themselves by being with each other, et cetera. Yeah, and I think a I think a large part of it is like setting. Yeah. Right? It's they are going into an unknown place mm-hmm. to try and figure out unknown spaces within themselves. Yeah. And reach like a and reach an impasse. like they have reached an impasse and they have to get through it in order to bond with each other mm-hmm. in any capacity. Yeah. And they're doing this in completely unknown and uncharted territory, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um and a lot of his films are like like they have um uh little bits and pieces of like nature or like indigenous culture because again, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, he he puts a lot of his Maori heritage and culture in a lot of his films. Mm-hmm. You know, like um Hector and Ricky run into um, Maori people mm-hmm. as they sort of like ransack different villages <laughs> and small towns to yeah. like get shoes and food and beans. Yeah. Um, and so they sort of like run into a Maori family that's like there. And there's this little girl who has a fantastic voice, by the way. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, aren't you that guy from from the TV, the like missing kid? And he's like, yeah, what the fuck is it to you? Like. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm that, I'm that bitch. Like, I'm 100% that bitch. He loves that he's being recognized. He loves that he's famous. And, and her dad is like, yeah, brother. Like, and it's just so funny to sort of see, or not funny. It's like so refreshing to see this thing connect these two complete strangers. And obviously Taika uses this like funny sort of, um, moment of them taking selfies with each other. Yeah. But the deeper sort of meaning is that you can find community kind of anywhere. Yes. And especially within that heritage and that culture in New Zealand. So yeah. he incorporates a lot of that heritage into his films and a lot of just like nature and like different like New Zealand landscapes. Yeah. I mean, this movie on top of everything was a love letter to New Zealand in a lot of ways like you said um I think it's I think it's a like a rare example of like like a perfect marriage between culture and good storytelling yeah (laughs) not that that doesn't happen but like I don't feel like people execute it in a way where it's easily recognizable as both and Taika does that because like he's not just a filmmaker he's also he's like a New Zealander through and through and he's made that clear in literally yeah. all of his movies yeah. and so it's really really lovely to see that in this one yeah a hundred percent and I think with with Julian Dennison who plays Ricky Baker his acting style is very like subtle mm-hmm. like he, he is he lives very in his body and he kind of like sits there like a rock standing his ground waiting for you to dis- make a decision on like what he's gonna do next <laughs> yeah. but he like holds that from you he doesn't give it to you right away which i really appreciate and is like the mark he's a very seasoned actor for being so young <laughs> like, he really really is uh and he's like like he he gives it to us and like he just pounds it and then at but then he like trickles it away and he's like you don't get this from me sorry yeah Yeah. uh the last point that I was gonna bring up is that I really like how like you get these big moments of very like performative humor almost because it's it's Taika's writing style but then you also see these like really intimate moments that you would really only see 
like with someone when you're spending time with them alone Mm -hmm. or like if you were a fly on the wall essentially and they're not always things that like show people in the most positive light no but it's just things that make them human and like he has Tyke as a filmmaker has no judgment over those people and how they behave like behind the scenes I guess and so you as a as a viewer you don't judge them either you just kind of take these people as people which I think is the mark of a really good film that you are not sitting here like forming your own biases about people just because they're imperfect yeah 100 percent. oh well we'll see jessica oh thank you we'll see friend <laughs> uh i would 1000 percent recommend hunt for the wilder people i yeah. think it's on netflix um you're able to go watch it yourself if you've got a netflix subscription yeah uh and enjoy <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the final film the one you all know that we were going to talk about. And that film is Chocho Rabbit. <laughs> Came out in 2019, written and directed by Taika Waititi, based upon the book Caging Skies by Christine Lunens. I'm assuming that's how you say that. I'm assuming that also. Right. A World War II satire that follows a lonely German boy named Jojo, played by Roman Griffin Davis, whose worldview is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother, Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> is hiding a young Jewish girl, played by Thomas and Mackenzie, in their attic. Aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, played by Taika Waititi, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism because he's a Nazi, if that was not clear. Yes, if that was not clear, he's, okay, so he's one of those Nazi boys. He's like, like, like a kinder Nazi. During, That's not what they're called. but No, but <laughs> he's, he's a Cadbury egg Nazi. Uh, so basically... The way that, like, Germany did shit during this time. Yeah, t- tell it to us, Mike. I'm assuming is they were like, oh, how do we how do we breed a nationalist boy? How do we, yeah. like, how do we get him young, They're basically? the Hitler youth, I think, is yeah, what Yeah, the Hitler called. youth, right? And so, like, how do we get him young? They send them to, to these, like, essentially Boy Scout camps, mm-hmm. but it's not Boy Scouts. It's not the it's not the Boy Scouts of America. Nazi Scouts, yes, for camp. sure. But it's like Nazi Scout camps. Are we so, gonna get flagged for saying Nazi so many times? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Free speech. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Listen to our podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, it's essentially like a camp for people who wanted to see. I'm trying to like fit. What is another word and phrase for Nazi? Just say Nazi. It's fine. Nazi. <laughs> So there's no other way to say it. They, <laughs> Hitler wanted to create these like, I hesitate to say fun, but like childlike approaches to getting children to like buy into the mission. Yeah. Right. N- not a good digestible, mission, but something that was digestible and easy for kids to like see. Yeah. And, and something tangible for kids to understand and like get behind. Yeah. Cause it's really hard to like, have kids get behind this like insane fucking goal yes without without doing something like like these yeah without making it kind of like fantastical in a way or something that's like heroic almost that they can be a part of so that being said this movie centers around a child jojo Mm -hmm. who is this again we've got like the outsider oddball Mm -hmm. character that wants to just find community and fit in however he's trying to find community and fit in in a very problematic place yes where everyone here is just trying (laughs) to um fight for the cause for a lack for lack of a better phrase yes and the cause is not very noble no and it's all happening at the very, very end of the war where like Germany is 100% losing. Yeah. So like support for the Nazi party from actual Germans has massively died down. And Jojo is, he's an outsider in like literally every way in this movie because yes, he's a Nazi. So he kind of belongs, but then he gets blown up and therefore is deformed. <laughs> he has like a, a, a deformed face and like a limp. And so now he's no longer a gets to be a part of the Hitler youth, but then his own mother is against the Nazi party and she's hiding a Jewish girl in their house. Which so his like, own, yeah, the big thing. Yeah. His own mom is like, I can't believe you're into this shit. Like yeah. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he also has this Jewish girl 
And she has like the upper hand in a weird way through a lot of this movie. So he doesn't like belong with her either. So it's just Jojo kind of like fucking having an identity crisis. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, having this like existential crisis about like, well, well, who am I and what do I believe? As a 12 year old. As a literal 12 year old child. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a big part of this movie for me a, a big part of this movie for me is very successful in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but also it kind of falls flat in that for me, I wish it just did more. Like I wish yeah. it just went further. Same. I wish it went higher, further, faster, baby. <laughs> um, faster, stronger. Because it almost like, it almost doesn't push the envelope enough for me for it to be a successful satire. Yeah. Because that's really what it is. Is this like satire that's like, oh, it's pushing an anti-hate agenda. And like, it kind of pushes this like, if you are an outsider and you're trying to find community in the wrong places, like look elsewhere. Yeah. If you're an outsider trying to find communities community in the wrong places, look within, right? Like these two concepts and trying to sort of like make a movie that has a bigger, broader statement and doing it in this like tiny, you know, cause Taika Waititi's movies are like tiny and quirky and fun mm-hmm. and doing it in this like tiny, quirky and fun way to create this like anti-hate satire that I think yeah. just needs to do more in order for it to be more successful. I totally agree. Like I, uh, I do this for every movie that we talk about. I always like look up various reviews because I, I just want to fucking see what people are saying about them. Yeah, yeah. And like the biggest negative review of this is exactly that. Like it didn't go far enough. And I agree with that to an extent. Like I do think Taika was, has something to like taking something so terrible and minimizing it to this extent and making it like fantastical and whimsical. Like, I think there is something to that. Oh, 100%. But unless you commit like yeah. balls to the wall and make really, really like dramatic statements within oh. that storytelling method, it kind of just seems like he you're tricking the audience into thinking they're, a part of something cool and you're able, like they're able to laugh at the Holocaust because it's a satire, etc. but it's not a deep enough satire. So at the end of the day, you're still just laughing at the Holocaust. Yeah. It, it's a little bit, that's where it sort of becomes this divisive film Yeah, because people are like, well, no one should be laughing at the Holocaust, which is absolutely true correct, and absolutely valid. Like no one should absolutely no one should. However, I, I, I see what the movie is trying to do Mm -hmm. and I can get behind it. I can get behind the sentiments of like, and I hate, I can get behind the sentiments of like, well, this girl in my attic does not look like a monster. She does not look like anything that was in the propaganda. I'm 12. I'm impressionable. What the fuck is going on? What? My mother was hiding her. Yeah. Wait, what does my mother believe? What do I believe? Like I, I can get behind using childlike eyes to sort of navigate these choppy ass Nazi waters Mm -hmm. um, and try and sort of come to this like, well, what, what do I believe? And is what I believe the end all be all? Can I change what I believe? Because I think a big question that this movie is trying to answer is like, as a child, you are taught very specific things and you adhere to those things Mm -hmm. and you go, I will never change how I think. I will always think the way that I think and the things that I'm doing right now are going to affect me forever. Like, like you know, when you're a kid and when you're a teen, like your whole world is your world yeah. and you cannot see beyond it. Like yeah. you can't see beyond your problems right now. You can't see beyond your ideologies or like your belief systems right now. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you think you will always believe this way. And you also think that you can't change what you believe. But the one, one of the many things that this movie is tackling is like, can you change what you believe and can you do it at a young enough age and can you be like can you be okay with that and can you apologize for like the harm that you have caused yeah so it's it's tackling a lot and on top of that can you do it on your own yeah because the whole movie he has all these fucking guides so he has his mom he has elsa the jewish girl and he also has imaginary hitler and like i do like that is something i can get behind and i know a lot of people didn't like this like i completely understand 
why I had Jewish friends who didn't want to see this movie. I fucking get it. Oh, totally. totally. Me as an outsider, I can look at like this, this I, caricature of Hitler and laugh at it because Taika isn't trying to make it. He's not claiming for this to be a deep or accurate portrayal whatsoever. He's like, I literally hate this fucking guy. I did zero research and I just played him like a fucking clown. And I think there is something fun to that. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, that's how children see, you know, a version of an adult, right? Is all of the best parts of the adult Mm -hmm. are the only things that are being showcased. All of the goofy parts of the adult are the only things being showcased because we have to remember that this is a figment of JoJo's imagination. Yeah. It is not actually, it is not in any way an accurate portrayal of Sir Adolf Hitler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think a lot of the times when you look at a movie like JoJo Rabbit and like it is as divisive as it is, at the end of the day, you almost, you know, in the spirit of, of one of the many themes of the movie, you look at it and you go, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. Like, where do I stand? Like, where do I draw my line in the sand? But in reality, I think, I think watching this movie and seeing like Sam Rockwell and Scarlett Johansson and, mm-hmm. and, and the guy who plays Jojo, <laughs> I don't know what his name is. What it's is Roman. his name? What is his name? Roman Griffin Davis. Roman Griffin Davis. (laughs) And you look at all of these actors doing this incredible work Mm -hmm. and you look at what the movie could be and you look at like the ways in which it could have pushed the envelope further. Yeah. And, but then you also look at what it gave you. And I think all truths can exist in one space. Yeah. I don't think it has to be so like binary that it's like, it must be one or the other. Like you must be, this is such a divisive film that you must like either love it or you must hate it. I think you, I think all like multiple truths can exist in one space. It is funny. And it is also, it also in a lot of ways falls flat. Yeah. It's, it is a shallow portrayal in a lot of ways, but like, I also completely see his point of view in like just trying to fucking make fun of shit. Like all of the Heil Hitler shit is so fucking, it's so fucking, it's funny. So fucking funny it's so because funny. he's just like, can we all address how in like tragedy aside, which I know it's impossible to set the tragedy aside, but tragedy aside, can we all like acknowledge how fucking insane this is? How stupid. Like, and how, how stupid and awful <laughs> this was. Yeah. And how like, there's so much tragedy happening in this place that like is so comical in so many ways. Like, and that's another thing I really appreciated was all of his work and like making sure it all looked historically accurate. Because if you even like try and Google this movie, one of the first things you'll see is that like all movies, almost all movies about World War II are very like dark and gray and sad and portray Germany as this like really sad, bleak place. Yes. But in actuality, Germany was like the height of culture and yeah. the height of fashion. So everything's like bright and, and they're wearing fun clothes. Pinks, and, yellows, reds. Yeah, like, and they're sucking feathers in everyone's hats. And, and it's very... <laughs> In a lot of ways, you see the Wes Anderson influences specifically in this movie. Yes. But I think there's enough of Taika Waititi's like stamp and flavor to where it's it's not really in any way drawing too much from Wes Anderson's influences. Exactly. So he takes all of that like very real cultural stuff and then puts this like slapstick humor over it. Yeah. You're like, "Eh, this is pretty fucking funny. Yeah, man, this is pretty, this is pretty hilarious. (laughs) This is pretty good. This is pretty good. The thing I wish we could have seen more of because like tragedy does really hit in this movie. Like I was saying earlier, like Jojo starts off with all of these various guides and then he loses them one by one. Like he gets kicked out of the Hitler youth. His mom, spoiler alert, dies. Yes. Or is murdered. She's murdered by Nazi forces because she is hiding Elsa. Yeah. In the wall. Exactly. Um, And which, you know, very quickly saying so i think scarlett johansson's character provides a lot of like like motherly mm-hmm. warmth to the film to an otherwise totally. like kind of like for lack of a better word pointy film yeah so she like rounds out those edges a little bit yeah and I offers mean, some <laughs> some delicious mama warmth i say all the time this is the only film i like scarlett johansson i want to know why like i want to know not not why you don't like sure, in other sure, sure. films but why in this movie you are able to set aside your hatred for well Scar-Jo. i like okay i don't hate her i just don't like her <laughs> but uh, the reason why i like her in this has everything to do with why i don't like her and everything else 
because I find her acting to be incredibly presentational. Like, I don't think the woman injects like any kind of organic nature into her acting. It just like, I feel like I'm reading a script as she speaks and that's just not for me. Like it doesn't feel genuine in any way. And I just don't buy her acting. Well, bro. But in this, I have I have a theory as to why I didn't feel that way in this. Feel and this. I think it's because she is doing like she's doing a German accent and her dialect work is really, really good in this. And I think in a weird way, having to do that vocal work, like took her out of her brain and made it weirdly more organic because she's not doing the thing she's so used to be doing and not speaking the way she's so used to be speaking. Amen. And like, she just seems like not Scarlett Johansson in this. And she is such a beautiful, like maternal warmth in this movie. And you genuinely are so sad when she dies. Like I, I sobbed. Yeah. I when I like, first saw what? this movie, I gasped because the way that they reveal it is Oh my God. Well, the way that they reveal it is she has these be gorgeous shoes. Again, like going back to Germany being a place of, of, of great culture and art and fashion. She was wearing these gorgeous red leather shoes. Yeah. And you know, she, she dressed very lovely, love, lovely. And she, (laughs) lovely, lovely. (laughs) And she like wore this beautiful lipstick and she had her hair up very beautifully. Like she was just a very beautiful character. Um, and so she has these like very distinctive red shoes and the way that Jojo and the rest of the audience finds out that she has been murdered is, you know, it, during this time they would they would hang people in the square that they had murdered to sort of, sort of like show, I guess, an example yeah. of people, um, of like what can happen, like what the consequences are mm-hmm. um, if you act against the Nazis or like against, you know, what they believed to be the cause. Right. Um, and so he's like sort of walking down the road. He's and chasing a butterfly. He's literally, cha- he's doing the most adorable <laughs> thing. He's chasing a fucking butterfly. And he sort of like stops in his tracks because there are the shoes, but the shoes aren't on the ground. The shoes are in the fucking air yeah. on her feet. Mm-hmm. And she's in the air mm-hmm. and she has been murdered. Yep. So it's just one of those things where like, you know, you really feel for as, as, because we are watching this alongside him and not outside of him, yeah, we kind of feel what he feels, which is utter devastation that totally. this character is now dead. Yeah. Um, I think that moment was incredibly impactful. I do wish that after that, like it had been heavier, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way. Like that should have been to me the moment in the movie where it's like shit is real now. Like this is what kind of where the joking stops because the turning point. Yeah. This is like this is real tragedy at this point, but it doesn't no, really. It doesn't. Like there are more genuine heavy moments in that last like 25 minutes of the movie, but it's not as sad as I really think it should be. <laughs> oh yeah. Because like he he goes and he sees Elsa and they both go like, okay, yeah, we're on our own now. And then it cuts to like weeks later or whatever and he's just like picking through the trash to try and find food and then he sees his fucking friend. His goddamn friend with the glasses. <laughs> oh my god. What's, what's his friend's name again? I don't even know. Yorkie? Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> Yoki. Yeah. Um, and they're just like making jokes left and right. And his friend's like, yeah, it's a really bad time to be a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. But you're also like, this fucking kid is 10 years old and he lost and his mother was murdered. Like this would not be happening. And we all know that like at the end of the day, this is the one thing that we should really be paying attention yeah, to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's where it kind of falls flat for me. And I feel like the ending is a little less impactful for me because of that. But that final scene in the movie, though, is really incredible, I think. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have nothing It's beautiful, else. and that's yeah. it. And that's it. To be honest. To be honest. Yeah, I mean... I, re- I like Jojo Rabbit in a lot of ways. I think it's worth a watch. I agree. Poisonally. Give it a good, give it a good old watch. Even Rebel Wilson is funny in this. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> She's pretty funny. I can't lie. She's pretty funny in this. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know if you think Rebel Wilson's still funny. I don't, but that's but, my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into that another time. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> um, yeah, so that's Taika. That is Taika Waititi. Waititi. Everyone's favourite New Zealander. Everyone's favourite New Zealander. <laughs> um, Monica, what have you dabbled in? I have dabbled in the fact that my, my next door neighbours, I'm assuming they had some kind of water damage or something insane happened to their goddamn apartment. Okay. But Jesus fuck, for an entire, like, 24 hours of my life, there was incessant hammering, incessant drilling. It literally caused us to not record. (laughs) And why we're recording, and it's, like, 9.30 on, like, a Tuesday, is because, (laughs) is because literally, like, there was just incessant hammering, drilling, yelling, like workers. I'm yeah. No one was like yelling because anything bad was happening, but they were like yelling at each other, like right. yelling instructions to each other. It was a whole fucking ordeal. There was like literally tarps outside of my front door. Like, because their door is like very, yeah. very near our front door. And there was like tarps laid down and like dust and like <laughs> saw it. Like it was just a whole enchilada of, right. of shit. So... I'm so uh, sorry that that's what you've been dabbling in. That's what I've been dabbling in, is I've been dabbling in some construction that does not benefit me whatsoever. Right, right, right. <laughs> what about you, Yeisika? Um, You know, The Bachelorette is back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, I've been watching it, Monica. Have you, have you been catching up? I have not been catching up, to be quite frank with you. But why? Because I have been busy watching films. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this season yet. I really like who The Bachelorette is, but I hate that like she's the first openly sex positive Bachelorette ever. And that's literally the only thing they talk about is how much she likes sex. And I'm just like, that's not a personality. No. (laughs) Well, we were texting about this and I think Samantha Jones is that personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it only really works for it's, her. She's the only one. She's, I would, she's the one that gets a free I would pass. pay big money to see a version of The Bachelorette done with Samantha Done Jones. with Samantha Jones. Yeah, not Kim Cattrall. No. It's just Samantha Jones. Samantha Jones. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Thank you and good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. This has been our pitch, CBS. Give us <laughs> your money. Uh, Fox... Fox proper, not Fox News. Uh, Disney. Yeah, Disney's the one who would do it. <laughs> Give it to us, good girl. Um, we have a question this week. Ooh, give it to me, good girl. The question is, and there's all it's not from anybody again. Um, it says, I know you guys love movies that feature Los Angeles slash Hollywood. We do. Uh, but what city do you think should be featured more? And doesn't get enough love. Oh, bro. I just got back from Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. It was it was tight. I wouldn't say that's my answer, though. Okay. What uh, is your answer? I'm thinking. Fresno? Fresno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fresno. Oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Nashville, Tennessee? Sure. Uh, I think there's some good southern states. Like, I love charleston charleston's it's a good an amazing place. city nothing fucking takes place there not nothing. that i know of nothing uh maybe other is there another country you think doesn't get featured enough i think the netherlands doesn't get featured <laughs> enough you know you're right except yeah. they get talked about anytime there's people talking about weed that's true <laughs> they're just like amsterdam yeah <laughs> the red light district am i right uh i'm gonna go with finland yeah so like so like yeah yeah not, yeah yeah all yeah. the scandinavian countries all, all the scandy countries uh scandy life <laughs> pretty much pick any place that isn't a major metropolitan <gasps> city Ooh, and i know i think there isn't i know stuff. tell me madagascar oh. they had the whole movie franchise right and then they, they just dropped it and then they just dropped like it like it was nothing like it meant like nothing it meant nothing to the world like it was a fucking used condom on the goddamn street <laughs> that's exactly how i would describe the madagascar franchise <laughs> <laughs> oh let's boy. focus our energies on madagascar again people <laughs> that's our platform and we're sticking to it we stick to it nothing <laughs> ain't nothing but to do it but to stick to it baby 
<laughs> oh man. Live action Madagascar now. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people in like the costumes like an eagle versus shark. Yeah. <laughs> it's but it's the actors who originally voiced yeah, them. Yeah, like Sasha Baron Cohen is like still the King Julian in it's, his costume. It's David Schwimmer as a giraffe. As a giraffe. It's Ben Stiller as what was he? A lion. The lion. Jada Pinkett in a in a fat suit as I the like hippo. I like him chunky. <laughs> uh, it's very much Chris Rock as a zebra. Oh yeah, but he's on two legs, and he—it's one of those costumes where like the zebra or like, like the, they do it like in the, the legs King? are yeah, yeah no yeah. no oh. like the legs are just dangling up off of his chest. Oh, I thought you meant like where it's like his two normal legs, and then he has like sticks in his hands. Oh no 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 no! This is not a Julie Tamer production. Oh, okay okay, sorry. this is like low budget. I would love to see Julie Tamer do it. <laughs> Actually, I would pay big money to see that. Let's pitch her. Let's pitch her right now. Julie? Julie? (laughs) Come out here. Do you like him big? Do you like him chunky? She better. Have I got a pitch for you? (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. Alex the Lion (laughs) Roar. Cut. (laughs) That's the movie. The end. The end. Uh, Well... You've come, we've come to the end. We've come to the end of our lovely endeavor. So as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. Goodbye.